Hey, I'm Devin here at Pathway Church, and I want to invite you to come join us this Sunday at 10 a.m. Week four, supernatural, called Be Filled. Look in your outline, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, it is living by God's power. Everyone say power. power. Come on, say power. power. You're going to have to be with me today because I'm going to start running around having fun. So when we say power, you're going to say power, all right? Have power. Thank you. All right. It's living by God's for, more, for most Christians. This is exactly what is wrong. We live by talk and not by God's power. We know what to say, when to say it, how to say it, but we lack the most important thing that the Holy Spirit has given us, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. I am telling you, if you have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, everyone around you will be able to tell without you having to tell them. The word power is a Greek word, dunamis, which we've probably all have heard, which means supernatural ability and supernatural strength. So the question today I want to propose is how do we live the Spirit-empowered, the Spirit-powered life? And there is one verse that we're going to take a look at. We're going to unpack this verse in different ways. But this one verse is the final sentence that Jesus said while He was on earth. And so basically what happened was after Jesus resurrected at Easter, He spent 40 days appearing in His glorified body to different people to give final instructions. And this was the final thing thing that he said. Don't you think that Jesus Christ appearing to man, the final thing that he said is going to carry some importance to it? Or do you think it was just like, oh, kumbaya, everybody have a good time? No, no, no. He came with a message to deliver and he came with such a message. It was the most important thing that he said because it was the last bit of instruction he left to us while he was here. On his 40th day, Jesus would go up to the Mount of Olives. And at the bottom of the Mount of Olives, does anybody know their geographic region? What's at the bottom of the Mount of Olives? The Garden of Gethsemane. The Garden. This is a free one. He had to walk past the place that crucified him to get to where he was going. He had to go to the top of the Mount of Olives to deliver the final message that he was going to say. But in order to get there, he went past the place where the, the soldiers came to take him away from his crucifixion. There are things in your life that you've got to run past to get to the mountaintop. I'm gonna, we're going to simmer on that one some other time. Write that down. We're going to hit that one later. That, that was a good one. Let's look in your outline. Acts 1.8. Golly, but you will receive, what's that say? Power. Oh, okay. But you will receive power. I'm going to try one more time. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He told, Jesus told his three-year trained disciples, don't do anything until you have the power of God operating on the inside of you. And Jesus said that will happen when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
It is my personal feeling that this, is the, this concept is the most misunderstood concept of the Trinity of God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We all kind of have the idea of God the Father, right? The Creator, we get that. And then we say, well, we understand Jesus the Son because He came, uh, He's the Word in flesh, and, and He died on the cross for our sins, and so we get that. And so when it comes to the Holy Spirit, most of the time we say He's this mystical source, substance, creature out there that just kind of comes here and there. And in reality, that's not the truth at all. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is what carries the power. The Holy Spirit is what enabled Jesus to do what He could do on the cross. The Holy Spirit is what gives you access to the power of heaven. This is one of the most important parts of the Trinity after salvation. We did a, a Holy Spirit series about four months ago. If you want to learn more about who the Holy Spirit is, you're not sure, go watch that series. It was, it was a good one, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, so I, I want you to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. But once you get to know the person of the Holy Spirit, you realize that the Holy Spirit is the one who provides the supernatural power in your life. We are on this series called The Supernatural. The Holy Spirit is what provides the supernatural in your life. And I want to give you a couple of examples of what this looks like. In your outline, in the Bible, Acts chapter 19, 1-6. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived in Ephesus. There he found some disciples, verse 2, and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? They replied, John's baptism. Verse 4, Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of? He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then verse 6 happens. When Paul placed his hands on them... The Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. That is the condition for the power of the supernatural in your life. The Holy Spirit has to come upon you. Let me show you another place right below that. Acts verse, chapter 8, verse 5. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. Verse 12. I'm skipping over some stuff that's irrelevant to our story. But when they believed... Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, they had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. There is a supernatural power for you. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there is power. But are you operating in the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? I want to give you an illustration that I, I hope will help make this point a little bit more clear to you, very practically speaking. Adrienne is a, a foodie. You know what a foodie is? Okay. I'm not. 
Um, she loves good food. She loves the taste of good food. She loves the smells of good food. She loves the way the food looks on the plate. She likes the atmosphere in the restaurant. She can go inside of a nice restaurant and just sit there smiling from ear to ear just because she knows she's in the presence of good food. <laughs> For me, that's torture. I don't like waiting for my food to come. I have zero pay. We were at a, <laughs> we were, uh, what night was it? Tuesday night, we took the kids to get um, desserts late at night. They'd had a big day and we were celebrating them. And we went and got desserts at this restaurant and we were done. And like the restaurant was basically empty and uh, we were done. Workers were doing their thing. And I had uh, all of our plates all stacked up, piled up at the edge of the table. The, plate, the table was cleaned off. Everything was ordered. And then the waitress comes over and says, oh, I'll get your check. I'm like, oh, thanks. That'd be great. Seven minutes went by. I had had a great day until that seven minutes. That, that patient, she brings that ticket by seven minutes later and ruined my mood for the whole day. The whole next day, she had to hear about it. We went on this whole tangent on when you say you're going to do something, do it and don't make me wait seven minutes. I don't like going into restaurants because they make you wait. McDonald's, three minutes max. They have a timer. Chick-fil-A, most of the time, three minutes max. They have a timer that they got to hit it. That is my kind of fine dining. For Adrienne, a date night is, um, is not McDonald's. Uh, for me, like McDonald's is like, hey, we're living it up. I like this. It's good food. Uh, a few weeks back, um, she quit teaching in public schools and came to homeschool our kids, and, uh, which now she has a little bit more time on her hands, kind of, sort of. And she said, hey, I would like to go on more date nights. And uh, I said, like, we eat out all the time. Like, we're always together. Like, we don't need any more date nights. We're good. And, and, and she looked at me, and her naturally beautiful smile stopped. <laughs> and I knew I was in trouble. <laughs> we don't need to go any more date nights. We're good. We're good. And, and she, you, you know the look. You've all been given that look. You've received the look from somebody. And... She said, and I quote, she got real serious. Drive through is not a date. Yeah, if the food comes in a wrapper, that is not a date. If you can smell grease, that is not a date. I think they're siding with you. I don't think I like where this is going. She said, a date is when you get cleaned up and you don't wear a clean pros t-shirt or sweatshirt. A date is when you're sitting on the table and the menu does not have the word biggie size on it. <laughs> the, the, the fact is she loves food and I just don't care. I don't really care about food. Like You've heard that expression like, I eat to live she lives to eat. <laughs> you know, like, like, am I lying? It's not, it's not, I'm not, I'm not. This has been a topic of discussion many times in our marriage. Um, but what I've learned is, follow me on this one. Um, you can buy her love. <laughs> you can take her to a nice restaurant and anything I want after that, I can go to the store and buy a gun. I can go buy whatever. All I got to do is take her to a nice restaurant, get her her nice meal, and I can go get whatever I want, and she won't say a word about it. I can buy her love. I can buy that for fairly cheap. 
When you are a foodie, you love good food. You have an appreciation for what goes into that dish. The ingredients, the atmosphere of the room, and the whole experience. When, when you don't care about food, you don't care about what the food can do for you. Even if you don't care about the taste of good food, when you eat it, your body responds differently when you're eating a Big Mac versus when you're eating something that's good for you. I want you to follow me on this because I'm going to take you somewhere. When you have tasted the power of God in your life, when you've tasted the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, it begins to develop a greater appetite for the presence of God. When you've never tasted the power, when you've never seen the power of God, your spirit man on the inside of you is missing something. He has become void of the very thing that he needs the most. And if you realize it or not, your spirit man is desiring the good food. Let me take you a little further. There is a place that is closer than what you think, or closer than what you realize, that I, I often feel most believers don't even know that is there, that the Lord is inviting you into a deeper, more meaningful relationship with Him. There is something that God wants to do on the inside of you that happens when you have the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. It doesn't matter if you've developed a sophisticated palate or not. Once you taste the power of God, there's nothing quite as appetizing. Because you haven't developed your appetite for the power of God, you don't understand how good the power of God is. I am happy with the Big Mac because it's cheap and quick. But I'm never satisfied because the nutrients of a Big Mac are bad once you've tasted the quality of fine dining you find out what you eat at that fine dining restaurant is more satisfying <laughs> are you seeing the parallel of the imagery here or is it just me like you be a little more clear or we're good okay you can live your life with the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Because that happens the moment you give your life to Jesus. But you can be rest assured you're going to heaven as long as you're living your life for Jesus. But the problem is, there is more for your life than just the Holy Spirit being an atmosphere in your life. You need the power of the Holy Spirit operating in you. The, whole, the Holy Spirit, as Dad has taught me my entire life, is no longer just a resident living on the inside of you, but you come to the realization, you come to the point where the Holy Spirit becomes president of everything that you do, every decision that you make, every action that you take, everywhere that you go, everything you say. What does the Holy Spirit have to say in this situation? You need the supernatural power of God. But some people think, I don't need the supernatural power. I don't need that operating in my life. I've got Jesus and that's all I need. And yes, you're an element of truth is that's what you need for salvation. But God has more. Let me show you something in the top of your outline on the back page. Ephesians 4.30 
says, don't grieve God, don't break His heart. Which begs the question, what grieves God? What breaks His heart? Ephesians is, was written to Christians. It wasn't written to a bunch of non-believers. It was written to the church. It was written to people like you and I who were sitting there saying, God, we want more of you, but we're not getting that more that we've been asking for. And so Paul writes this book saying, you cannot break the heart of God, but let me tell you how you are breaking the heart of God. Continue to read verse 30. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for Himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you take for granted the gift of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. It's like on Christmas Day. We're getting close to that season. You go out there and you see there's Ten presents underneath the tree. And you're so excited. And you open up the first present. And you're like, oh, this is exactly what I wanted. And you leave the other nine. Are the presents still there? Are the gifts still there? But you only have one. We say, we opened up this present of salvation. That's all we need. And you forget the other gifts that are there for you. You forget because you think, I'm satisfied with salvation. If I can just get to heaven, that's all. But that's not what God wants for you. He wants so much more. But you've got to get to the gifts and open those suckers up. What is more? In your outline, Ephesians 5.18. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That is your more. Be filled with your spirit, with the spirit. So let's get very practical on how do we get the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. Write down number one. They're going to be on the screen behind me. Remove all barriers that keep me from all that God has done. They're going to be on the screen behind me. Number one. Remove all barriers that keep me from all that God has for me. How do you get the power of God in your life? Remove the barriers that keeps me from that God has for me. What barriers do we need to get rid of? Real quick, three of them. Number one, mentally. No matter what your preconceived notions are, Get your mind out of it. Uh, it says in, in, in Corinthians, take captive every thought. So you've got to get your mental state of mind in the right place to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Number two, physically. You cannot be in environments that will void the Spirit of God operating in your life. You cannot physically, I don't know if you're getting that, you cannot physically be in a place that will contradict the holiness of the Holy Spirit in your life and expect for the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in your life. Number three, spiritually. Get yourself in a place spiritually. Remove the sin in your life. Spend time in the presence of God. Spend time in God's Word. Get yourself to a place where you are daily seeking after the Lord. How do we get the power of the Holy Spirit? Remove all barriers and keep me from all that God has for me. Number two, this is powerful. 
Ask God to give me all that He has for me. Look in, the, in your outline, the green ink. You've got to understand this revelation. All that we have is not all that God has. God has so much more for you. We have this preconceived idea that the bubble I'm living in is all that God has for me, and it's just not truth. You, God has so much more for you, but you have not accessed it because you have not been living your life surrendered daily to the Holy Spirit. All that you currently have is not all that God currently has for you. There's more. But wait, there's more. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, in the Old Testament, there is a book called Ezekiel. And in this book, Ezekiel has a dream and I want to give you a, an, an analogy using his dream and for you to understand the importance of where we're going with this. It's in your outline. Ezekiel 47, verse 3. Measuring as he went, he took me along the stream for 1,750 feet and he led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured another 1,750 and led me across again. This time the water was up to my knees. Another 1750, it was up to my waist. He measured another 1750, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. So let me explain this picture of these verses in light of what we're talking about today. Verse 3 says, The water was up to my ankles. Have you ever walked across a stream of water and the water's up to your ankles? What do you feel? A slight current. You, the water's not going to push you down. Like it's not going to throw you all the way uncontrollably. But, but you do know there's water there. You do feel the water and the current that's going across there. Um, verse 4 says the water's up to my waist. Uh, at this place, when you're going through the stream, you, you can lose your balance. The stream can start, it, it, it can push you pretty hard because water up to your waist, it, it now has control of your legs for the most part. So you've kind of got to brace yourself a little bit. And when you walk across the stream, you've got to be more sure-footed. You can't just start walking across because the current of the water is going to push you a little bit. And then it says in verse 5, it's too deep to walk through. Now the stream will completely take over. You can't get through it by walking. Because the water, the stream, the current is pushing too hard, you can no longer just walk across the bottom because the current will push you over and you'll have to swim to get to where you need to go. I want to submit to you this morning that this is a picture of your pathway to the deeper things of God. When you first get started in your relationship with God, the current begins to flow and you feel it over your toes. You feel the presence of God and you're like, I feel something different. Something's going on. I, I know that my life is saved because I feel God and, and, and He's right there at, the, at your feet and, and you're walking across and, and you're like, I, I got this. And, and God's a part of your life in this place because you gave your life to Him, but you just feel a slight stream of God's presence in your life. And then... It's like the swimming pool. You're at zero inches and it goes down like this to the deep end. You know, that, that's, this is the picture that, that God gave Ezekiel. And then you're walking and, and, and you can choose to stay at this level if you want. But all you'll ever feel is the water on your feet. 
And you know that's kind of good sometimes for vacation. You go dip your toes in the water, but if it's been hot enough outside, the, the, the water on your toes doesn't settle the need for wanting to jump on in. But you dip your toes in, you're like, okay, this is good. But yet, when you pray, just nothing, nothing really seems to happen. The Spirit of God's flowing, but it's just not quite there. And, and, and so God gives Ezekiel this picture that he went a little deeper. And it says the water's up to his waist. And here, you're a believer in Christ. You're, you're going to church every so often, and, and you're, you're saying, God, I want you to use me, but really whenever you pray it, you only pray it at church and when you need something, because on Tuesday when everything's going well, you're not saying, God, use me. It's more like the genie in the bottle. I'm going to rub this command, and, and Jesus is going to be here. And In this place, we have a little bit greater understanding of who Jesus is and, and, and the Holy Spirit moving, but yet the current that He's going through wants to push you. The current is rising up and you're saying, I, I, I want more of God. I'm going to go to the conferences. I'm going to attend the, the ladies' functions. I'm going, to attend, I'm, going to, I'm, going to go, I'm going to spend more time in the presence. I'm going to start reading the Word more. And the more you do that, the more time in the presence of God, that stream starts to rise. And it hits your waist. Because you're saying, God, I, I, I want your power. I want your spirit operating in me. But, but you, there's, there's a problem. Half of you wants God and half of you doesn't. Half of you's in the water, but the other half is bone dry. So you're, you're, you're kind of one foot in, one foot out. God, I kind of want you, but huh, I'm going to do my own thing. God, I really want you to show up today, but... Huh, I'm going to do my own thing. God, I'm going to try to do this on my own. I'm going to pray and ask you to be with me, but I'm going to try to really just, I'm going to do it myself because I know you're not going to probably meet me in here anyway. And then there's this next phase that whenever you say, God, I'm going all in, as mom comes to the keyboard, I'm going all in. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I'm pursuing God a little bit more. Where does the water come? The spirit stream begins to rise up over your head. And whenever you choose to go all in with the power of the Holy Spirit, you can no longer do it on your own. The spirit of God's current is too strong for you. So you have to submit yourself to that current and go where the Holy Spirit leads you and do what the Holy Spirit says to do. You cannot be fully immersed in the river of God and still think that you've got control of your situation. Because the moment you take control of your situation, the river drops back down to your waist. Now you're half in, you're half out. And the longer you stay void of the presence of God in your life, the river begins to go down further and further. I put it on Facebook a, a couple of weeks ago. I copied it from someone. It says, you, you have all the God that you want. But here, in the final place of this flowing river, whenever you submit yourself to the Holy Spirit, 
Whenever you say, God, I'm going all in. I don't care what the circumstances look like. I don't care what the situation is. I'm trusting what your word says, the I am. Something amazing takes place. Look in your outline. Ezekiel 47.9, it says, There will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. <laughs> Fish will abound in the Dead Sea. Whoa. Nothing can survive in the Dead Sea. And it says, whenever you're all in with God, things that were once dead will come alive. For its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Wherever you get yourself completely submerged in the stream of the presence of God, the Spirit of God operating in, it says that water will cause you to flourish. When you look back at your life and you say there's a bunch of areas that aren't going the way that they're supposed to be going, I want to submit to you this morning, it's because those areas are not submerged in the presence of God. How do we get the power of the Holy Spirit? Number three, develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit. This is a progression. We talked about it two weeks ago. If you want the supernatural to operate in your life, there's a progression. You start off at the shallow end and you work your way to the deep end. Don't try to jump in head first because you, you don't know where the Spirit, you don't know where the river is leading you. Go the progression. Today you're hearing me and you're listening and hopefully thinking, I want more of the power of God in my life. I want more of the Holy Spirit operating in my life. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.